With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you want me to just take it back like that, or do you want to talk more than that? Uh, I was just going to say how I'm doing, and then you kind of go back talking, and then it's like, uh, so you want me to tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, okay. Welcome into the film room. I'm Justin Graver of the Titans Film Room Twitter account. With me on the mic, my co-pilot on this journey through the airwaves, is James Esparza, better known by his handle, at South Texas Titan. James, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty excited, man. Uh, It's our first podcast, and I'm ready to do this. I am also excited. So, this is Titans Film Room Radio, or the Titans Film Room Podcast. I... We haven't really decided yet. We're we're doing this thing with uh, with MCM Radio coming to you from the same feed. That's our friends Jimmy and Terry. They've revived MCM Radio, and thanks to SB Nation, our podcasts are coming to you from the Music City Miracles feed. So, James and I will be doing this podcast while Jimmy and Terry continue their excellent show, MCM Radio. James, why don't you tell the people a little about what you do on MCM and Twitter and you know all that jazz. Well, I uh, joined Music City Miracles in 2009. Um, I was pretty heavy in the comments, and as I got more comfortable, I started contributing. Yeah, article here, fan post there. And uh, as I grew more comfortable, later on, Jimmy uh, made me a moderator. And I just kind of watch the comments now, interact with uh, fellow fans and friends, and just kind of try to keep it clean. Um, Twitter is really where I got involved with you know, just the Titans news and podcasters and fellow fans. Uh, It's a real close-knit group. It's almost like a family, or it really is a family. And, you know, I love them all. Um, Every now and again, I'll make a meme or two, and I'm really happy to share that with other Titans fans. But I mostly make them because they make me laugh. And James, you live in San Antonio, right? And uh, I'm coming to you, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, in Hollywood. It's not live. This was recorded live, but uh, and I'm not in Hollywood. I'm in Valley Village in Los Angeles, California. So James and I have a bit of an outsider's perspective on the team. You know, it's a little different than most of the Titans podcasts that are coming out of Nashville. You guys might know me from Twitter threads, Twitter videos, and writing on Music City Miracles. If you don't know me, that's kind of what I what I'm doing, what I'm up to. It's at Titans Film Room on Twitter. And now the at Titans Film Room podcast, we're going to pretty much take what we do on Twitter and what we write about and deliver them now as words with our voices. We can really go deep into the, the topics we like to talk about, about the team, about the Titans, about news and opinions. We'll, we'll, of course, do film breakdowns. This is Titans Film Room, after all. We'll look at our upcoming opponents and, you know, from time to time, we'll have special guests on. And we will be coming to you on Monday mornings. Sometimes I will post the episode late on Sunday night. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But Monday mornings will be in the inbox. If you hit that subscribe button, we'll be there for you guys to listen. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us by searching Music City Miracles. You'll also find, as I mentioned before, Jimmy and Terry's MCM Radio and our show, Titans Film Room. So 
be sure to give us that five stars. Leave us a tasty little review. Hit that subscribe button. Give us those subscribers. We need more subscribers. We're, we're desperate for subscribers. Uh, so anyway, that, that way, new listeners can find the show. As I mentioned, it'll be Monday mornings. And we're going to also, we'll see. We'll see how often this happens. But it's going to be Thursday episodes mixed in pretty often, pretty much every week. We'll see what happens. Give you a little, give a little taste of Thursday. Thursday episode and a Monday, Monday morning. So anyway, without further ado, please let us begin the first episode of the Titans Film Room Radio podcast show thingy. That's what we are. Hit it. Hit the intro. Hit it. People don't know that this guy is the, the reason why we have been successful. And um, I hate that, you know, you hear the, the, the gossip and the bull crap about him, but at the end of the day, the dude is the reason why we've, we've been to the playoffs. We win them tough games, because he's in there, he reads, he knows his, he knows the coverage, he put us in the right situation, and he makes the crucial plays. Hello. That was Delaney Walker speaking about his quarterback, Marcus Mariota, on Nashville's 102.5 The Game last week at training camp. Some strong words there for all the doubters. <laughs> anyway, welcome in to the first episode of the Titans Film Room Podcast. I'm here with James. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty excited. Let's get this Let's, thing rolling. Let's go. What are we going to discuss today? We have the Titans scrimmage, which was on Saturday night, the kickoff to the season party. Um, and then we're going to talk about a little bit later, we'll talk about uh, some of Amy Adams Strunk's recent comments about the stadium and maybe... A, a new name that we could champion as fans. So we'll get into all that stuff later. For now, let's talk about the Titans scrimmage. Some little nuggets. Marcus Mariota performed very well uh, right out of the gate. He was six or seven on the first drive. According to Eric Bacharach, his only incompletion was a throwaway pass. His touchdown went to Tajay Sharp, who actually had four catches for around 40 yards on that drive. And A to Z then tweeted that Mariota finished 8 of 16, which included two Anthony Ferkser drops. So, all in all, it, it was successful, according to Mike Vrabel. But what do you make of this scrimmage, if anything, uh, based on the reporting from the people who were there? Well, first off, it's Titans football, so I'm pretty excited that it's back. Um, but at the same time, there's no tackling. There's no real hitting involved. So it's just kind of a scripted, let's test some stuff out and uh, see what we can get away with. So Yeah, I agree. There's not a whole lot of takeaways, especially with um, the people who were missing. There were some cool things that happened, like Sharif Finch apparently had two sacks, which is, which is what Jim Wyatt said. Um, Delaney Walker had a whole bunch of catches, which is good to see him out there running around. I, I don't think there's going to be any ill effects um, experienced by Delaney Walker for the for the ankle injury coming back. Which is great because, you know, you never know at his age. He's 35 now, I think, and you never know coming back from an injury. But it, apparently he looks great, which is, that's probably my top takeaway from this from this scrimmage. Um, a lot of guys who are going to be important to this team didn't play, so it's hard to really say. Plus the teams were so mixed up. Delaney Walker's a Highlander. You can't kill that dude. He cannot. Some of those guys who didn't play, Corey Davis, which is probably the most notable. Simply because 
I think people probably expected him to play. He didn't practice on Friday. He did individual drills, and then he went into the locker room. He jogged into the locker room. So, And then after the practice, Mike Vrabel said it was a maintenance day for Corey Davis. So maybe he didn't play because of the, all the lightning and the rain and just sl- slippery conditions, or maybe it was another maintenance day, or who knows what's going on. We'll see if he gets back out there today on Monday. Um, I've really wanted to see A.J. Brown. Um, that's one thing I was kind of excited about, but I think they're also taking a cautious approach with him like they are with Derek. And same thing with Jack and Nate Davis. So um, I'm really looking forward to that preseason game to see if uh, some of these guys that set out now are going to be playing. The other people who didn't play were defensive lineman Frank Heron and, of course, the guys who are still on PUP, which is Brian Seckup, Johnny Smith, Jarrell Casey, and obviously Jeffrey Simmons. I'm going to play a soundbite. This is from Mike Vrabel's press conference after the game, kind of his report on what went down, which I think paints a pretty good picture. You know, and I think it was about what I expected. I thought there was going to be some um, productive plays. I, I, you know, we tried to hit a couple shots. I think there was a couple drops that we'd like to have back, but um, you know, hit a couple runs. Wasn't a bunch of, you know, I think we saw maybe two false start penalties, maybe two or three. So those are going to catch up to us. We got to make sure we're clean on that. But it, I mean, I think I had fun watching them play and seeing some guys do some really good things. Interesting note, uh, it was raining if you weren't there um, or didn't hear. And uh, there was apparently like a, a punt attempt that ended in a safety and some other things like that. And Mike Brable talked a lot about how the situational work they got done simply by things that happened, um, things that will happen at some point in the season. And it's good to be prepared. So all in all, I think it was a really good scrimmage. I'm gonna, I got one more soundbite for you. This is... Uh, Apparently, the, the team was arguing over which side won. And when someone said that to Mike Vrabel, he responded by saying, I, I, I think that the Titans won tonight. I'm I really, no one could lose. Um, you know, we came out of it, I would say, relatively healthy. And we'll have a day off and evaluate the film and see where we're at and, and get moving towards uh, the next week of training camp. That's the only thing that concerned me was injuries, and we came out healthy, so he's exactly right. The Titans came away with the win. Amen to that. And you know what? Let's give it up for Mike Vrabel. Man, he's really starting. I mean, he sold me the first season, but, I mean, I'm really starting to love him now. And it's cool because, like, last year they did a uh, – they tried to do a stadium night, and it was a huge bust because it was all situational bull- bullshit that no one cared about watching, like, uh, people taking uh, – doing punts and practicing kneel downs and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but this year they know that they want to bring the fans out. They did the whole – the big pup rally sponsored by Logan Ryan's charity and uh, did a whole kickoff thing with the concert and the and the fireworks and – just trying to really engage the fans in these preseason training camp practices that aren't actually meaningful and, you know, lots of starters aren't playing and there was weather delays and all this other stuff. It's like, but we're still out there trying to engage the fans. So anyway, I, w- I want to talk about the uh, the Tajay Sharp performance. What do you think of this? What Are you, you buying the hype? Uh, I'm optimistic, but still cautious about it because, you know, he's – he had a really he had an average first year. I mean, granted, he was a what fifth round pick rookie, um, and then he was injured the next year, and then his third year he had what that one game against the Chargers, and that was it. 
yeah, I think he had a third of his receiving yards in that one game. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when we actually needed him, he's always just kind of come up short. But, I mean, if we're not really going to need him this year, maybe if he gives us the same amount of production, that'll be good for the fourth or fifth receiver. That's me buying Tajay Sharp hype. Not hype, but some stocks. I'm buying some stocks on Tajay Sharp as the current wide receiver three. What? I love A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown is a great receiver and a great prospect to have, and I'm super excited that we drafted him. But right now, A.J. Brown hasn't practiced since training camp started, and Tajay Sharp has continued to perform. He's not going to be the guy that's always getting open and being wide open and being open for a touchdown, but I don't know if you saw the highlight clip. I'll put it on the titansfilmroom.com blog later, but... um. So you guys can go check it out, but I think it was Jim Wyatt tweeted it out. It was the uh, Tajay Sharp catching a touchdown pass in this scrimmage, and he actually was wide open. Um, toe drag. Yeah, So and Mariota rolled out of the pocket and found him, and it was a nice-looking play. And um, I'm not saying that Tajay Sharp's going to have massive numbers this year, but he is going to be a great type of guy who can come in to give somebody a breather, who can play all of the receiver positions and who will be where he's supposed to be. And he, he's made some pretty good contested catches. He had that one handed catch last year against the Colts when Blaine Gabber was playing. That was pretty phenomenal. One of the best catches that any Titans receiver had last season. And uh, he comes through sometimes when he, when he's just covered and you throw it up to him, he sometimes he's, he's shown that he can go up and get it. So He's not going to be a big playmaker and he's not going to be a game breaker like Corey Davis. And he's not going to be a chain mover like Adam Humphreys, but he's going to be where he's supposed to be when he needs to be. So let's come on, Tajay Sharp. Let's do it. All right. I'm optimistic, but we'll see what happens. Another thing that happened in the game I mentioned was Anthony Ferkser dropping two touchdowns. What the heck? I mean, you can't get them all, right? I mean, law of averages. He had no drop passes last year. It was bound to come around sometime. I'm, I'd rather it be in a scrimmage than an actual game. Of course, that's true. But it's like, that's not what we're here for this season. This is a big season. This isn't the season where the drop passes are a thing of the of the past. Right? Come on. Come yeah. on, Ferkser. He's never going to learn if he doesn't do them. So. He, he might learn if he doesn't do them. He'll learn that it's good to be catching the pat, catching the ball in his hands in the end zone for a touchdown sure. whatever adversity is going to make a stronger tight end so whatever so that was a, that was a little thing uh do you think his stock is dropping do you think that's an overreaction to two plays that happened in a game what would you say about that i think it's an overreaction um he's going to be just fine uh he's probably going to be playing that second to third tight end role um, hoping John who comes back pretty healthy. And of course we have Delaney Walker, who's going to be playing out of his mind. So <laughs> I think we're going to be just fine with Ferkser. Yeah. I think Ferkser is going to be just fine too. I've heard, uh, if you're following along with all the people who are going to practice every day and reporting there, there he, he's apparently moving all over the place and catching a lot of passes from a lot of different formations and lineups and, and being a pretty effective receiver who the defense is having a hard time guarding. So if he can just catch the ball be fine and he's never had a problem with this before so we're just gonna pretend like it didn't happen just had a bad night had a bad night that's right all right so did you see that uh picture of jerome casey and 
Jeffrey Simmons talking on the sidelines. I did. That that is an exciting looking pair. It makes you excited, doesn't it? No, it makes me impatient. <laughs> uh, what's a realistic time frame for you? What do you think? When do you think Simmons is going to be back on the field? When do you think Casey's going to be back on the field? I think he's going to be ready for game one. I do too, for sure, for sure. Do we see him in the preseason? Mm, I think he can get. He's one of those players that can get, like Delaney Walker. He could probably go the whole preseason and still come in. Game one, ready to go. You really don't have to worry about him as much. I don't disagree, but what do you think will happen? Maybe the fourth preseason game. He does a few snaps just to kind of get warmed up for the season, but I don't know. If they – he's getting older, I say, you know, take the cautious route. Don't play him the first three games. I mean, really, what do you have to gain from it? It's a preseason game. Just let him rest. Yeah, I doubt we see him at all so, in the preseason. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just not worth it. Why Why do it? You know what I mean? But he'll be back week one to take on the Cleveland Browns. And as far as Simmons goes, I kind of I'm starting to think he's going to be back sooner than people estimate. Just because he's already out there running. I mean, I don't know. I never torn my ACL. I don't know what the real injury timetable as far as like how far away you are when you're running from your return, but. The general consensus and, you know, Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon of MusicCityMiracles.com and on the F-Words pod, podcast and Zach on that podcast have done some little research into past injury timetables of similar injuries. And the general consensus seems to be that he'll come back between week eight and week 12, somewhere in that range. Week 12 being the first week after the Titans buy. So I think that's definitely possible. But I also think based on the fact that he's already running like Eight weeks, week eight is 12 weeks away from now. So that is a pretty generous amount of time for him to to get in shape and get ready to play. But, I mean, I don't know if he's able to cut side to side yet. I don't know where he's at in terms of trusting his knee. So those are all important factors. But I don't know, like week five, week six, that wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if it was before week eight, I guess is my point. Um, kind of like with Casey, I, I think we should be uh, cautious about it. You know, if we go in what eight and four um six and six and we get jeffrey simmons coming back in week 12 uh that could really help our defense and maybe push us into a playoff berth um that's saying he doesn't have his uh what would you call it like a rookie the welcome to welcome to the nfl rookie yeah uh, you know how kind of Rashawn had a similar thing where he's coming back from an injury, didn't get to play any of the preseason, still kind of learned, but came on strong towards the end of the year. Right. I do think we should definitely be cautious with our expectations for Simmons right out of the gate, his first game. I mean, he's notoriously people coming back from ACLs. It takes them a, like a, a solid season of playing. Jack before. Yeah, Conklin's a great example. I mean... This is something we should we should be more aware about, I think, with Daquan Jones, who's reportedly sh- showing up at camp and making a splash, and and take people are taking notice of him, um, which is interesting because if you think about Daquan Jones, he was having a pretty pretty great year in 2017 before he tore his ACL, and then last year he came back, was his first year back from the torn ACL, and he, and he was kind of so so, you know, wasn't really standing out, but. I think, you know, after an offseason of working out with Harold Landry and, and coming back, that and based on what people are saying at camp, anyway, the ACL thing, it's a real thing. Yeah. 
So we got to keep that in mind when Simmons comes back. And I know like people would be quick to say, wow, we drafted this guy in 19 and this is all he's doing. But like, come on, it's his rookie season. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know, it's coming. <laughs> I, th- I think we're going to get a sample. Um, he's probably going to have flashes and he might struggle, but it's the next year that we're looking forward to because we're going to have our first round pick that we're going to be taking. And we're going to be having Jeffrey Simmons as basically another first round pick. Uh, because he'll be playing that year as well. So. Isn't that right? So. All right. Let's take a quick little break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Corey Davis and a little bit about um, a possibility of a new stadium for the Tennessee Titans. So we'll see you guys in a second. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, I like our stadium too. So, you know, as far, I'm going to put the rest that I don't want a new stadium. But I do like the Hard Rock um, Stadium. I think I think that's a very interesting model and one, you know, that we need to keep looking further at to um, make improvements. I mean, I'm all about making it the best stadium for, for our fans that I can without being ridiculous because at the end of the day the stadium doesn't win football games so that's important to me but you know fan experience I mean every we have a lot of areas that hopefully you know we get better at every year and we gotta just keep looking down the road for what would be the best thing for our stadium to become That was Miss Amy Adams Strunk appearing on the Midday 180 last week. Thank you to the Midday 180 for letting me borrow that clip without asking. Um, I love Amy. Love Miss Amy. Love love mom, Nashville's mom. She is pretty adamant that she does not want a new stadium. What do you make of that? I mean, I kind of agree with her. Stadiums doesn't win you football games. Um, let's focus on the team right now and then. Once we kind of start hitting our, I mean, we've been nine and seven in the past three seasons, so we have some form of consistency. But she's right, you know, it doesn't win football games. Um, when I was there for the draft, it was I was in awe of just the entire stadium itself. I agree. As an out of towner, showing up for the draft, just standing on the bridge and and seeing the stadium, like kind of the way you've seen it on TV so many times, and in just coverage of the of the team and stuff, it was pretty cool. Feeling standing there looking at it. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things that would be possible with a new stadium, like that could bring big parties to Nashville, similar to what they just did with the draft, sure. such as a, a college Final Four basketball, college football playoff game potentially, or even you know a Super Bowl would be quite a win for the city of Nashville. Um, I think the draft really showed them what a Super Bowl could do. Um, maybe. Next year, two to three years, I really think Nashville is going to be on the list for Super Bowl. Weather's usually great. It's just it seems like a prime spot. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it would be awesome to see the Super Bowl go to Nashville. And uh, I've been to Nashville once. That was for the draft this year. And I've never been to Nissan Stadium outside of, you know, just standing outside of it during the draft experience thing. So I can't really comment that much on what the fan experience is like on game day. But I have been to um, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Dallas, uh, Jerry World, quite a few times. Sorry, what's it called? AT&T Stadium? Uh, it's called, no, it's called Jerry World. Jerry World, thank you. Um, and it's pretty cool having those big concourse levels where uh, fans can gather outside of the actual seating area. Um, there's lots of concessions that are that are cool and unique to Dallas and that are you know specific like restaurants and things like that. It's a small city. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is its own little little, little thing. Um, they have Wi-Fi and stuff. I don't know. Nissan Stadium has Wi-Fi. Um, but anyway, I think that she talked about the what the Miami Dolphins did with uh, Hard Rock, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. I'm just gonna read a little thing from a from an article about it. Those renovations included uh, the addition of state-of-the-art open-air canopy, which provides shade and protection from the elements for 92% of fans, while also allowing for ample sunlight for a natural grass field. A whole bunch of new seats, over 60,000 new seats, uh, renovated concourses and concession areas, also new suites, new high-definition video boards in each corner of the stadium, and they also added four spires to each corner of the stadium that... uh, are visible for miles away. They they light up at night. They're 357 feet tall. They're just cool, like uh, landmark monument marks for this uh, for this piece of architecture for the building for the stadium. So, anyway, I think that the the idea of a canopy this this big canopy that provides shade for all the seating, but allows like it's like a not a dome, but like an open dome kind of thing, right. which I think is very possible for to add on to Nissan Stadium. I think that would be really cool. Um, I also like those four TVs they have on each corner of the stadium. Yeah. I mean, the Jerry World one's really nice, but you need a dome for that. I mean, I think if the Titans were going to build a new stadium, I'd really want a dome. There's also a big flaw with Jerry World, which is that when the sun starts to set, the the stadium runs east to west, and Uh, the big open window thing in one of the end zones, in the west end zone, when the sun starts to set, is a blinding light of like magnifying glass of a sunlight beaming into the stadium and it's very obnoxious to look at and i can't imagine what it's like to play on the field with that on one side of the field like it's hard for both sides a quarterback either the quarterback has to look into it or the and the defense or the receiver or whatever i don't know what i'm saying but one side has there's always a side looking at it and it sucks so build north to south is what you're saying (laughs) Yeah, build a North to South Stadium if you're going to put a big dome-like thing with giant glass windows on it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I've heard a lot of complaints about those dollhouses, even though I've never seen them. Yeah, the LP building whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LP LP built those um, a long time ago, and they're still there, even though it's now Nissan Stadium. Like, put anything else there, right? That's a that's what the consensus seems to be. So new stadium, new name. New name. I mean, it's Nissan Stadium. So Nissan owns the naming rights. It can't be anything that doesn't have Nissan in it unless somebody else came along and purchased those naming rights, right? right. Yeah. But why stadium? There's so many words it could be besides stadium. I think it works. I think it's fine. Um... It's fine, but it's not special. What about 
you know, this one's pretty easy. Everyone loved when the uh, Titans played at the Coliseum. And we have no choice but to drop the the because it's owned now. So Nissan Coliseum makes perfect sense to me. What's the problem there? What's the big deal? It's Roman. What's Roman? The Romans had the Colosseum. The Greeks didn't have a Colosseum. But the Colosseum is uh, not a Trojan thing either. Troy, the city of Troy. Was the city of Troy Roman? But that doesn't make them right. But my point is, the Colosseum is a cool name. I'm not saying it's not a cool name. I'm just saying that they're trying to buy (laughs) into the Greek lore of the Tennessee Titans, you know, Athens of the South. I don't think they should be using Roman terminology. Maybe it's a dumb take. The home of the USC Trojans and the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Coliseum. What does Coliseum have to do with the Rams? I don't know, so we're just going to take that from them? No, because they're building their own new stadium, so they won't be there much longer. But Are they going to call it the Coliseum? They are not. They are not going to call it the Coliseum, which is makes it open for business for the Titans to want to call it. So if the Titans fans, all of us, just decided to call it Nissan Coliseum whenever we talked about it, then that would effectively change the name. And yeah, the radio people and the sponsors, when they say it and when it's written in places and the Twitter handle, are still going to be Nissan Stadium. But to us, it can be Nissan Coliseum if we want it to be. All we have to do is say Nissan Coliseum. So let this be a declaration. From this point forth, I will only refer to the building where the Titans play football as Nissan Coliseum. I mean, if we're going to fan name it, why don't we just call it the Coliseum at that point? That, I don't, that's not it. I don't... Because... <laughs> There are other things we can think of, <laughs> such as the Parthenon Temple, which was located in the Acropolis of Athens, a symbol of the ancient Greek civilization situated on top of a rocky hill overlooking the city of Athens. Parthenon was a temple built in the 5th century BC, originally dedicated to the goddess Athena. This is a unique example of ancient Greek architecture. What's wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with it. It sticks to the Acropolis. The Acropolis, I really like. It's a cool word. I don't know. Saying Nissan Acropolis, maybe. I highly doubt that gets through the marketing board. Nissan Acropolis. No. 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 That doesn't work. No, we're not doing that. Okay. No. But if we tried hard enough, what would it become? We could just call it the Acropolis. That's where we're going. Like you said, we don't need to say Nissan because it's a fan name. Right. Fuck Nissan. I drive a <laughs> Nissan. Honestly, after I looked at all, like, because I looked at Greek structures to see, you know, maybe there's a um, something we can compromise with. There's a lot of bad names in there. Um, <laughs> and then I remember, you know, the Greeks were a bunch of nerds. Uh, they had a lot of philosophers. Um, and granted, they did have Spartans, but the, those are few and far between. So just kind of coming back, maybe the Coliseum isn't the worst idea. Coliseum. I've already made a pledge, so I'm not sure how we could make Acropolis work, but I do know I could make Nissan Coliseum a thing if we try hard enough. And if everyone listening tries hard enough. Do you think anyone's still listening? Yeah, um, I would hope so. All right. With <laughs> that, we're going to talk about Corey freaking Davis. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I think um, just from our standpoint as a, as a quarterback, um, 
just his body language in and out of his routes um, has been impressive and, um, you know, makes it easy on us. He's creating separation. And, um, again, I think he's had a countless number of plays and something that we got to continue and, and hopefully build off of. But, um, again, he's putting the time and the work, and um, I'm just excited for him. Hey, James, do you hear something? Oh, God. What is... Oh, I think I know what that is. Oh, my God. Dude. Dude, it's the Corey Davis hype train. Oh, my God. We have to get on. We have to get on quickly. It's leaving the station, and we're not on it. Are you on it? I I don't have a ticket. I'm hopping on. I'm on. See ya. I'm on it. I'm on it. Later. Later. Nah, We're leaving. I'm gonna stay right here. I'm on it. I'm the. I'm on the train. Have fun. Marcus said it best. Countless number of plays. That was, by the way, Marcus Mariota speaking after Titans practice training camp practice at the podium, courtesy of TitansOnline.com. Courtesy meaning I ripped it off. Go ahead. Your thoughts on Corey Davis? I'm excited about Corey Davis, but I'm tempering my expectations for Corey Davis. He's a Titans wide receiver. That seems silly to me. I have been beaten for multiple years by Titans wide receivers and getting hyped for them during training camp. I have to be careful with my emotions with another Titans wide receiver. Yes, Corey Davis is making plays. Yes, I'm excited about that. But still, how's the quarterback situation going to be You know, halfway through the season? Is, is it only going to be Marcus throwing to Corey for the whole season? Who cares? We have a competent backup now. Corey Davis no longer requires Marcus Mariota to be healthy in order to be productive. Air quotes, competent. Competent, air quotes. Blaine Gabbard could have been halfway competent. But he wasn't. Exactly. But Ryan Tannehill is not Blaine Gabbard. True, but I mean, what have the Dolphins done since he's been drafted? If you had to put a number on his season... Stat statistics, which stats without context are bullshit. I'm I know that I'm not the inventor of that, but I'm a huge proponent of that. Anyway, stats without context aside, if you had to predict Corey Davis yards touchdowns this season, where are you at? Nine hundred and fifty yards, seven TDs. You don't expect a thousand yard season? No. Is that due to the Titans' passing volume in general? or the presence of other players that are going to be big-time weapons in the passing game? Or where is this Where is this lack of faith coming from? How much are we going to run Derrick Henry? We have Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker back, who are going to take, uh, they're going to be chain movers, but I mean, Corey Davis is a chain mover in his own right. But uh, what's the offense going to be like? Is Arthur Smith going to be running it specifically through Corey and then using Adam and Delaney as accessory pieces? Are we going to be going directly through Henry and just bowling over people? And when we need a first down, looking at Adam, Delaney, Corey, I'm just, I mean, I want him to have 1,200 yards and 18 TDs and, you know, go crazy. But I think until we actually get a consistent offense where it's not someone else at the head of the calling plays, then I'll start getting more excited for Corey Davis. Oh, come on. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but a thousand yard season, it's happening. Book it. Put it in the car. Put it in the, write it in in Sharpie. Put it in Sharpie. 
this is it. This is the season, the first season since 2013, that a Tennessee Titans wide receiver will catch more than 1,000 yards. It's going to happen. Just trust me on this one. Here's the thing. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I am, though, because I did. But when you see these breakout seasons from wide receivers, which every season it feels like some, some wide receiver around the league breaks out. It happens pretty often. And oftentimes there's a lot of hype surrounding a receiver that ends up not doing anything when the regular season rolls around. And I think Devontae Parker is probably the poster boy for having a great offseason and then never really panning out. And a more Titan-specific example, maybe Justin Hunter had a lot of great offseasons and never really – Damian Williams. Damian Williams, Williams was a big fan favorite. Trey McBride. I mean, fuck Trey McBride. But here's the thing. Lavelle Hawkins. Lavelle, you know, all these guys were great. But – Like I said. The hype around Corey Davis – could jumping up between three defenders and catching throwaway passes with his one hand and getting two feet inbounds in the back of the end zone. Like Justin Hunter may have been touching the ceiling in the locker room, but he never did that with one hand. Make a, make an incredible Justin Hunter had some hype, but he was never. Wow. Corey Davis has the catch of the day again, every single day of training camp. It's Corey Davis show. Wow. This is incredible. Corey. Here's an interesting one for me. So Buck rising who we love Buck rising of A to Z sports Nashville. Is out there at training camp, and he was out there last year. And I specifically remember because it made me feel like he was kind of slighting Corey Davis um, when he said these things. But he, when the Bucks came to practice, and Mike Evans was out there, Buck Rising was like, "Now that Mike Evans, that is an NFL wide receiver. I now understand. I can see what it looks like to see an NFL wide receiver go through training camp." And this year, Buck is all in on Corey Davis and he is sold that this is what an NFL wide receiver looks like. And after seeing it last year with Mike, with Mike Evans up close and comparing them and saying Corey was not there to now saying he is there. I think this is going to be a big season because Corey Davis last year, as Mike has pointed out, Mike Herndon has pointed out countless times, uh, was on pace to have over a thousand yards last year if the Titans had thrown even a league average number of times and Corey Davis maintained his efficiency. He would have had a thousand yard season already in a year where Mario was hurt the whole season with a pinched nerve and he was the offense was in shambles most of the time and the running game was was broken until week eleven or twelve or whatever. So for all those things to already be where he's at. To now see this transformation that's apparently he's taking that next step, that third-year bump that fantasy football players will know what I'm talking about. This is the year that we see a Titans wide receiver break through and actually be a star. And I'm so excited. I'm on it. Here it comes. Get on board. Because the Steve's are running out. Anyway. Okay, hearing Buck say that kind of makes me excited again, just because I know he's not a Titans fan. He's on. He has. A, well, I don't know how much bias he has, but he's, he's pretty unbiased. Um, he'll he'll say it like it is. He's not to the PK level, but <laughs> I, I I can trust Buck when he says he sees good things. But I'm still tempering my expectations. Of course, we always have to temper our expectations. So. I mean, we've talked about it. That was it. We did it. We did a podcast. Yeah, buddy. What do you think? I liked it. I liked it too. 
Yeah. We're going to be back soon. We're going to be back on um, Thursday morning, coming to your airwaves. So let us join you for your drive to work if if you feel so inclined. We're hoping to possibly, maybe, we're not sure yet, but trying to get a special guest to join us for this episode. We're going to talk about the very first 2019 Tennessee Titans football game, which is Thursday evening against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now you can play the hype train. Yeah, now I can play the, uh, the <laughs> Now train. let's get on the hype train. Let's get excited. We got Titans football coming back. And that is pretty exciting. No, that's very exciting. I'm buying in. I'm all in. Let's go. This is the outro. track what do you think i like it do you think they'll like us yeah i'm jam if you're still listening don't forget to rate us five stars write a little review and hit that subscribe button whether you're listening on itunes google play spotify stitcher the, what else? Podbean. What else is there? Podbean. Whatever it be. Join in. Give us that five star. Make us feel loved. Join in on our. Hit us that. Hit us that subscribe button. And me and James, we love followers. We love followers on Twitter. South Texas Titan. At STT University for all your Titans memes. That's right. That's right. That's where it's at. <laughs> That's the place. You can find us. You can find us there. Titansfilmroom.com. Check it out. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. I love you. Me too.